Hello and happy holidays. I'm your host, Andrew Ortizio, and this is the third installment of Tragicomic, a coming of age podcast. With me here today is another one of my great friends and someone who is almost as good at me at basketball, Parth Doshi. <laughs> Parth is in the Macomb School of Business at UT Austin, and in my opinion, although I know little to nothing about business, is very successful at it. He's had internships in Dallas, Austin, and already has offers for this summer doing private equity. He also avoids the business major snake stereotype by actually being a good guy. He's kind, generous, easy to talk to, and still malleable, which I believe may be my favorite quality of his. He takes advice well, he learns, and he's constantly trying to better himself. I think this malleability will help him so much in his career and so much in life. I'm already so proud of everything he's accomplished and am so looking forward to all the great things he has in store for us. Parth, how are you feeling today? Pretty good. Just one little change. <laughs> I think I'm probably a little bit better than you about I don't know, man. We're split. I think we're split. We're split. But what were your stats this season? Because I was averaging crazy. Hey, but I was, I was on like a stacked team, though. Y'all didn't even make it out the first round. We lost to the champions. We did lose to the champions. Didn't even make it out the first round. <laughs> I don't know. I think my stats talk for themselves. <laughs> Anyways, so what was the movie that you picked and why did you pick it? Why is it your favorite coming-of-age movie? So I picked 500 Days of Summer because... I felt like I saw a lot of myself in the main character, Tom Hansen, mm -hmm. uh, you know, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I think is a great actor. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I feel like for a large part of, I guess, the later stage of high school and then early on here at UT, I saw a lot of the negative sides of Tom Hansen in, in parts of my life. And you know, I think recently I've started to see the lessons of that movie kind of take shape. Uh, mm -hmm. right now and so I thought it was like a really good film that just applies to my life yeah I I also I'd watched the movie before and I really liked it and mm -hmm. I still like it a lot um, but for those of you who don't know 500 Days of Summer is a 2009 American rom-com directed by Mark Webb the film stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Tom and Zoe Deschanel as the titular Summer it employs a non-linear narrative structure with the story based upon its male protagonist and his memories of a failed relationship the film goes back and forth in time from day one of summer to day 342 of summer to day 112 of summer, etc. And while I can't necessarily argue that every rom-com is a coming-of-age story, I think I can make a strong argument for this one. Throughout the film, Tom must deal with the evolution of his idea of love, hope, navigating career paths, self-perception, identity, and more. Through his love for summer, he grows up in all senses of the word. And it's a fun watch. Some of my highlights include the quick and witty dialogue between Tom and his best friends, an amazing character and performance from a young Chloe Grace Moretz as Tom's younger sister, a beautiful backdrop of downtown LA, which we don't see enough in my opinion, and a dance sequence that is impossible not to crack a smile at. I had, I had seen this film in high school, but watching it again this time raised some concerns that I didn't once have. The first being the pacing of the nonlinear structure. While it's definitely a fun gimmick and an interesting way to tell a love story, I believe that the film loses some of its nuance in the constant and somewhat random flips in time. It feels a little excessive with some days not adding too much to the story, and even with a 90-minute runtime, I think it drags a little. Secondly, I think the character of Summer herself is a little flawed. I watched the film this time through and I kept thinking, Summer is kind of a manipulative, cold-hearted bitch, <laughs> and I was waiting for her eventual redemption arc, which I never personally found. And now flawed characters are not always a bad thing. A lot of times they make the story, but with this being a love story written by two men, 
I just don't love the idea of them projecting their ill feelings about past partners or past relationships or love in general onto a summer onto a character like summer and having some of the audience not only dislike her but begin to believe that this is what all women are like however perhaps i'm just picking at it, picking it apart because this semester just ended and i have nothing else better to do but what do you think this movie is lacking or do you think it's perfect or what what parts do you think aren't as good as others i honestly i don't know if perfect is the right word but i i don't think i would change anything about it I actually like the nonlinear structure the way it is, and I think the randomness in where it cuts to actually portrays like how he feels through a lot of the relationship. And you know, I think it shows that it takes a long time to get over somebody, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times. And I think that was part of the reason why I think the director did what he did in showing so many cuts where mm -hmm. you know Tom isn't always in the best state or it feels like it's dragging on. And I think that's what people actually feel in getting over somebody or yeah. thinking about a relationship is like, there's a lot of times where it's like mundane or you don't really think about things properly. And so it just feels like a drag. Mm -hmm. So I, that's why I think that nonlinear structure, like maybe the pacing could have been fixed, but I feel like it accurately portrays how people generally get over relationships. I, I like it too. Like I like the idea of like, because it'll show like how he thinks about it something then, and then afterwards when he's thought about it more, how he thinks about it then, which I like because I think that is accurate. Of like one scenario will change in your mind from day twelve to day thirty six to day one hundred and forty five. Mm -hmm. But I just wish there were like some sequences that were like, it was like day one twenty one, then day one twenty two, then day one twenty three. Okay. Like I kind of wish. Because we, it seemed like we just never stayed at their exact part for too long. Well, we did have like one sequence. I think it was like in the 400s where it showed him like three or four days in a row. But that was like after Summer was like, it, it was like, okay, yeah. it was like in the ending. So you wanted to movie. see it in like the early stages of the relationship. Early or like the fighting parts. Okay. Like I wanted to see like, because sure, you can kind of see how they act like together, like on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But it's different than actually seeing it like day after day okay. because it was almost like they were just picking out the most important parts. And I think so much of a relationship is like the mundaneness of mm -hmm. it all. And yeah. I kind of wanted to see that more because then I think it almost like it portrays relationship as highs and lows, but that's it. Okay. Yeah. I, I can see that because I think a lot of the movie just showed them always going out or always. Doing yes. Things. And I know at times Tom was like, why don't we just like chill at yeah. our place or whatever? And it never really showed that. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yeah. I could see if like one of those sequences would have put been put in. Yeah. Maybe it would have shown the mundaneness that I think the sequences are trying to come yeah. across as like in, in how you get over things or just how a relationship looks. And like, maybe it was just a me thing, but I felt like I wasn't like when the first time I watched it, I was just like, it's a love story. Google Gaga, whatever. I'm going to fall for him. But this time I was like, I don't know if like I really like them together that much. I, you know what? If you remember in the beginning of the movie, it said this isn't a love story. It's, yeah, it's like it's about how you have this idea of somebody in your head, mm -hmm. and all the actions that you take, you know, are formed off the ideas of the person. Mm -hmm. But it's never truly how it is. Like yeah. that 
expectation and reality scene mm-hmm. i think that encapsulate that was a good scene that was a good scene i think yeah. that's how it actually is but there was just a part of me that wishes i had like rooted for them more because i feel like at the end it would have felt harder because yeah. i was honestly like like i guess this is a spoiler um so fuck it if you haven't seen this movie <laughs> maybe skip 30 seconds from now but like Whenever it doesn't work out, I wasn't like that sad about it. Like I felt mm-hmm. for Tom, but I wasn't like pulling for them to be together. You know what? Actually, I I think they didn't show enough of why she didn't want to be with him. Like I didn't get that sense of where it broke off. Like I agree. A little bit, maybe here and there, like some of the scenes you kind of see like mm-hmm. where she maybe thought he was, I guess, too overbearing or something. Yeah. But I never really got the sense of that being like a huge issue. So, I, okay, I think that would probably be one thing I'd also add is like, I want to see more in depth on why yeah. she didn't want to be with him. I agree. Like, that was, that's part of what I was saying about like, um, I think her character's flawed. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not even that her character's flawed, but they just didn't have enough of her. And obviously, like, Tom is the main protagonist and he, we're following him. Mm-hmm. But it was just like her motives were never really clear. Yeah. Which then leaves the whole film kind of like I don't know the state of anything that's going on because mm-hmm. I don't. She says one thing about her motives is that she doesn't want a boyfriend, but then her actions, time after time after time after time, show the opposite. But it's not like she keeps on repeating herself like, "No, like we're doing this, but I don't want a boyfriend." She just does it, and it's weird to me. Yeah, and I think it's not even just like I think that's part of the runtime too. It's just so so it short. Is short, like. That's probably what it was missing is just yeah. more in depth on summer mm-hmm. or like those sequences because one one hour thirty is practically yeah. nothing. I think the movie could have benefited a lot if they flip to a random day and then it's just summer. Uh-huh. We don't show Tom at all. We Ooh. just see what she's going through. Then we learn more about her. We probably like her more. Then we root for them together more. And I think it would have added a lot. Yeah, because we never see Summer no. alone. Only Tom. We ne- yeah, we never see Summer alone. Mm-hmm. I don't think the whole movie. Except, yeah. like, if she's sitting at her desk yeah, next to Tom. But, yeah, I think it's still fun. I really liked it, but I think it could have done a couple things different. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, well, also, very early in the film, this is, like, the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. The film introduces the idea of fate and how Tom definitely believes in it. Do you think you believe in fate? And have you ever? Have you always? What do you think? I I feel like I have believed in fate. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably like been wavering at times. Like, why did this happen or did this happen? But I think for the most part, I think what's meant to happen will happen. And like how how things take shape or like it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. I think does happen for the most part but hmm. i don't know i guess from a young age like religiously that's kind of taken shape mm-hmm. like with my family and everything it's kind of taught to be you know everything that's meant to happen will happen yeah and there's no real control over it other than like your own actions you can't control what anybody else does yeah except yourself so yeah i think i, I do believe in fate I, I just don't believe in that at all. 
Really? No, not at all. Do you feel like there's been times in your life where it seemed like it was meant to be or it was just like coincidence? I think it's meant to be is so subjective too. Like <laughs> it could be meant to be for me, but then the other person is like, fuck this. Yeah. But like, I think co meant to be coincidences are just like more premeditated stuff went into it to make it seem like it was meant to be. It wasn't just purely coincidence. It's an illusion. Yeah. And I don't believe in the idea that everything happens for a reason because too much bad shit has happened for me to just write it off. You, you know, know? What's cr I feel like I haven't had enough of those like good fate things yeah. to happen to where I would truly believe in it. But I, I don't know. I feel like I'll always have faith in that just because of like how I feel like my parents have raised me mm -hmm. and how it's always like your actions are kind of the resulting thing. Yeah. And even if it isn't on your part, it's just how it is. Like, it's yeah. meant to be. Like, that was going to happen eventually. I don't know, though. Like, I think, like, 100%, uh, like, all you can do is control your own actions. Mm -hmm. And you can't control anything else around you. And then at a certain point, whatever happens, happens. But I think that's different from what is meant to be will meant to be. Because I think that's almost giving yourself, like, less agency in everything like you like oh i'm not gonna study for this whatever's meant to happen is gonna happen <laughs> or like whatever like i'm not gonna do this because you know if it's supposed to happen it's supposed to happen i don't believe in that like i feel like you just gotta fucking do it and then if you do it and it doesn't work out then that's what happened well yeah that's kind of going back to like your actions also impact yeah whatever like if you're not gonna study for a test you're yeah. probably gonna get fucked on the test mm -hmm. but like there's some part of you that will influence what will happen, but you can't control everything. You can't account yeah. for everything. And so that's why I think fate's a real thing because what you can't account for is what fate is. Okay. And then you talked about like how your perception of it came about somewhat from like your religion. Yeah. It's like, what is in your religion? What is like fate? Like what is the whole thing? And how does that like, how does that still stick with you? So, like, I guess on a simplified level, yeah. like, Jainism, which is my religion, it's kind of like karma and, like, your actions, what mm -hmm. you do, um, what you've done in the past. You know, everything has, every action has a reaction yeah. kind of thing. And so, you know, the just seeing that happen over and over again in my life, like, every action I've taken has had a certain result. Mm -hmm. And I know why it's happened. And, it, and maybe that clarity comes a lot later on for different things. Mm -hmm. But I think it always comes. And I think that's just the philosophy in Jainism is like mm -hmm. everything happens for a reason. And the reasons are based off your actions, but also um, just like, like the karmic belief. So I think that's just the main like s gist of it. Mm -hmm. See, I know we're talking about different karmas here. Mm-hmm. But I definitely believe in karma, though. <laughs> okay. Like, hell yeah. Like, if I I will 100% compliment someone, and then I'll be like, watch. <laughs> I'm going to walk down tomorrow, and someone's going to compliment me. And I totally believe in it. Or, like, I believe, like, if I, like, am at the co-op, and I donate this dollar to, like, the scholarship mm -hmm. fund, something good's going to happen to me tomorrow. Yeah, you, I, I think that's partly true. Like, something will happen, but you never know when it'll happen. And you never know, like, how far down the line it could happen. Yeah. And that's just how it is. Like, you never know 
what's gonna happen off of like giving a dollar at the co-op when it'll happen yeah. for you so i think that's just the main thing but yeah i i feel like i haven't seen all the results of karma yeah. in some situations like i wish it happened sooner but mm-hmm. it didn't but you have faith that it will I have that faith all that your it actions will. will be like repercussed in yeah, a good way. I have faith like if somebody wronged me, it's gonna happen to them sooner or later. Yeah. Or if you were the bigger man, you'll get repaid for it later. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, there's also a scene where a very young Chloe Grace Moretz rides her bike to Tom's apartment late at night and gives him alcohol, which is like crazy and <laughs> whatever. But so how, I want to ask, how strict were your parents growing up? And how much freedom do you think you had when you were like at that similar age? You know, I think growing up, a lot of the focus for me was just academics. Hmm. And there was never really like opportunities to get like alcohol and stuff, like maybe parties here and there. But really, I think in high school, because I was so focused on getting into TAMS and then going there and, and doing all that and focusing on all these things, it was never really on the forefront for me, so I never hmm. really experienced with these probably until like senior year. Yeah. Once everything was done, you know, everybody's just chilling and mm-hmm. you know, going to smoke or drinking or whatever it is. I feel like it all happened once I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. So hmm. really I personally never felt like doing anything just because I was so focused on getting to where I wanted to go. Yeah. And like it just never really happened for me like that. But my parents were always pretty open about you know you're you're a high school kid if you want to do things do it and i think that's really surprised me but it kind of makes sense because my dad went to to college here in the states Mm. and my mom didn't so i I feel like with her it's a little different in that she's got that older school mindset from Mm -hmm. india versus my dad has like he's experienced these things in the states so he knows yeah i think it's funny like because I haven't met many people that are like from Asian or brown households that didn't have like super strict parents Mm -hmm. because like my parents weren't strict at all and like they were just probably similar to yours of like self-motivation is the best motivation like Mm -hmm. if we're if we're doing the right things then it's fine like do whatever you want I I feel like so the self-motivation thing kind of happened later in high school Mm -hmm. like early on you know I was putting Kumon I was putting all these different things (laughs) was sent to like Sunday school, all this different shit. And not until I want to say 10th grade were my parents seeing like the effects of putting too much pressure on their kid yeah. is not conducive. Mm-hmm. And that's why they've, they've raised my brother a little differently is like, they've given him free reign yeah. to do whatever because they trust, like you're going to see kind of going back to it, but every action has a reaction. If yeah. you're not going to do your stuff properly, Mm-hmm. then you're not going to get the rewards of going to like a good college or, you know, getting a good job or whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like kind of in that 10th grade, 11th grade time for me is kind of when it switched and my parents were a lot more open to just letting me handle my own stuff mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, just being not as like overbearing as I think traditional like brown or Asian ha- uh, households are. Do you think it was different whenever you were, really really young like before you came to texas like do you have memories of like them acting differently like do you think the way they raised you changed from like boston to dallas 
Well, I only lived in Boston for five years. Yeah. So even though I, like, I was born there, mm -hmm. I remember like, you know, going to preschool and yeah. all this other stuff. But I think my life in Boston was a lot more different just because we weren't as like well off yeah. or like um, upper middle class as we are now. Mm -hmm. Like back then, you know, we lived in a two bedroom apartment in Boston and my dad was working like night shifts yeah. at Staples. Um, and my mom was just starting out as a doctor. Mm -hmm. So I guess early on, you know, not so much an emphasis on like early learning. It's like, yeah, obviously I was in like preschool and other yeah. things, but I don't think any of that really started until we came to Texas and, mm -hmm. you know, my dad got a much better job, got his MBA at UT and my mom. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. At UT? Yeah. Austin? Yeah. He went to UT in uh, oh, shit. 2009, 10. Oh, damn. Yeah. He came in here and like did it in person and everything? It was like hybrid. So hybrid? like some weeks he would do it there mm -hmm. uh, or he would do it at the, at the McCombs mm -hmm. and then other weeks it would be like online or like at UTD actually. They yeah. would have some sessions that and makes stuff. Because he was like a part-time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he came to UT and that's actually what I think partly made me want to come to UT. Because like he went there? Yeah. And um, but yeah, no, what I was saying is it really didn't start until I came to Texas and then, you know, my parents put me in like Kumon and like yeah. all this other stuff. And once they, I think, had established their own careers properly, yeah. then like it started shifting to like me and my brother, like mm -hmm. getting put in all this extra stuff and like, you know, being gifted and talented and mm -hmm. um, doing like, you know, all these extra programs and stuff. Which makes sense. Yeah. It's probably, I wonder if you've ever had this conversation with them, but like I feel their lives probably changed so much yeah. from Boston to Dallas. Dude, like, and that's even a big more, change. And then with the jobs and everything. Yeah. No. And even before that, like when they both immigrated to the U S like it was a huge change for them. Yeah. My dad, like he grew up with no father in mm -hmm. his house. Um, and his mom didn't graduate high school mm -hmm. and they were poor for a long time. And he had to get a loan to just even come to the States, yeah. like for his plane ticket, he had to take out a loan mm -hmm. and he had like a full ride tuition uh, to University of New Mexico, but he had no way of getting here, like literally yeah. no money. Mm -hmm. So he took out a loan and then came over here and literally like worked part time and did school and all that. And, you know, my mom, she grew up with two other siblings in a one bedroom house or not even house, like apartment, small, tiny apartment in yeah. India. And also her parents had them young. Like I think my grandma was 16 Damn. when she first had uh, my aunt, who's the older one in, in my mom's family. But mm -hmm. like she also grew up pretty tough as well. And then she did all her medical school in like India mm -hmm. and then came here. But it was like a grind for her too. Like in residency, you know, like 80, 90, 100 hour weeks yeah. for very little pay. Cause it's also in the nineties too. So it's like mm -hmm. a lot lower. They probably have like, like, I feel like, especially the immigrant experience, whatever is like very like stages of life. Mm -hmm. Like it's like India, then like when you're a fob and then like <laughs> when you have your career and you like move and you're like more settled down. Yeah. And now like your folks are probably about to like retire somewhat soon, right? Yeah. I think my parents are saying they want to retire in like the next 10 years. Yeah. Because they're they've done pretty well for themselves now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, last 
10, 15 years since we've moved to Texas, mm -hmm. it's been pretty good for them. And so, you know, I think they're afforded the luxury now to like stop working whenever they want to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and so you're the oldest child. I'm not the oldest. So my parents are like older than yours. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think your parents had kids younger too. No, I, I think my, my dad was 30 when I was born and my mom was like 28. Yeah. Yeah. I think my mom was like 30. Okay. And so they're like maybe like six years older than yours are now because yeah. my brother was uh, four years older than us. Mm -hmm. But my dad like grad or graduates. He <laughs> retires in like like he's a countdown on his phone. It's like two years and some months because he'll be at the city for 20 years. Yeah. And then that'll be like a whole new stage of life, mm -hmm. which is crazy. I like it seems weird to like start a new chapter of your life when yeah. you're like 60, mm -hmm. which is nuts. But yeah, like that'd be so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, my my mom just turned fifty, mm. and my dad's two years older. And they were telling me like, when your brother's done with college and you both are like mid twenties mm -hmm. and you're on your own, then we're gonna retire, and we actually want to move back to India. Really? Yeah, and they want to like become <laughs> really spiritual. And huh. like renounce like all their worldly pleasures, which is like really surprising to me. Like they they just want to give up everything and like become really I guess in tune with uh, Jainism, huh? And they they want to just live like life with no attachments, you know, simple focus mm -hmm. on like all the religious stuff. So I I was kind of surprised by that. I was yeah, like, that's crazy. That's a big shift. Like once me and my brother are are out of college and you know a few years after that they're going to be you know overseas at least that's the plan mm -hmm. but it's going to be totally different like how we're all going to be living different lives and not even that like not even that like they'll be like away but like they might be like different people yeah like if they're giving up their material stuff and like they're adopting like a whole new way of thinking and like fully committing themselves to their religion like they could be like different people and i you know i i think i've seen the change a lot in the like the last five, six years, because they've become, like, increasingly more, more religious. Yeah, spiritual and religious mm -hmm. and all that. And they've kind of just let me and my brother just do our own thing mm -hmm. and kind of focused on their journey, while still always, like, helping us yeah, and being yeah, yeah. there for us and all that. But it's, it's kind of weird to see how it's all changed, because I think partly why I'm going back to when my parents kind of gave me more free reign in high school. Mm -hmm. But you know, early on when they put us in all these like early schoolings and, and Kumon and all that. Yeah. And then now taking a step back, that's part of their like spiritual journey of like having less attachments and less pressure yeah. on us and all those mm -hmm. different things. Yeah. And just the whole idea of like the whole karma thing of like, yeah. it's their choices. They make their exactly. Yeah. That is interesting. You had never told me that. Like they wanted to move back to India. Yeah. I'm, I mean, <laughs> it's not really come yeah. up. Yeah. It's kind of random. <laughs> we don't really just talk about it. Yeah. Did I tell you that, I feel like, I can't remember if I've talked about this on here or not, but did I ever tell you that when I was like real young, like four or five, uh -huh. we were like, we had like packed up our stuff to move to the Philippines. Really? I, I don't know about this. Yeah. So like, um, when my dad first came here, he was like a courier in DC and they moved to Texas because they had um, my brother and they wanted to be closer to my grandparents who at the time lived in Houston. Um, and so then he started working at Home Depot 
and he was like managing Home Depot. He was like doing all this and he wasn't really like that happy. Like it was just like long hours of like retail. It was like 11 hour work days, five days a week. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like 11 hours straight. He didn't like it. And so he wanted to go back to the Philippines. And my mom got a job offer for like um, this medical center in Manila. Uh-huh. And she took it. And so we had like packed our stuff. We were They were fully ready to move our whole family to the Philippines. And like in like that couple month period where like stuff is kind of packed. You're looking for places to go, like where to rent, whatever. My dad got offered the job at the city. Uh-huh. And so he like applied for it, interviewed it, and then got it. And they decided to stay. Oh, man. But like they were fully like, I think my brother was, shoot. I was pretty young. I was probably three or four. My brother was probably like seven or eight. Was my your sister, sister born? Yeah, she was like two. She was really young. Uh-huh. But they were going to move all of us to the Philippines. That and we didn't been... even know. We probably had to go to English school. Because we, once you're like three or four, like if you're learning a second language, you got to do it when you're fucking one. Yeah. But so we probably went to an English school. It would have been completely different, obviously. <laughs> no, like, y- your life would have been totally different. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge, like, 180 change. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I would have had the same interests, if mm-hmm. I would have to do the same career path, if I would have been the same person. It would have all been different. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's wild. That's crazy. And, like, I feel like my family doesn't talk about that enough. Really? Because, like, my mom would be like, oh, yeah, we almost did that. <laughs> I'm like, no, dude, that's fucking nuts. Like, that would have changed everything. Like, I feel like a decision that big that doesn't happen, I would think about that all the time. Uh-huh. Like, I'd be thinking, like, especially if, like, I was my mom, like, who, the one who got the job over there. I'd be like, what would I be doing right now? No, I, I think it's the same way for me, too. Like, when we moved from Boston to Texas, like, yeah. two totally different mm-hmm. lives that I feel like I've lived. Like, I've lived the, you know, small house, you know, parents are just really grinding, working. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad, actually, when I want to say it was like one or two, he tried to start his own business hmm. while also doing the night shift at Staples. Yeah. And it was called Visiting Angels. It was this, like, really cool idea to have, like, home health nurses kind of like put in different houses um Mm. off of like his uh website or whatever their their company was yeah and for like two years he just grinded trying to get that started off while my mom was also just starting out as a doctor so like she had a lot of hours too yeah and you know like i really don't think i had like a proper like family vacation or memory until i came to texas yeah like, it's a totally different mm-hmm. life that I feel like if I had stayed, I don't know if, if we had stayed in Boston, I feel like, you know, the same sort of job change would have happened, but I don't mm-hmm. know how long after, yeah. because you never know when you're going to get those different opportunities. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Also, so in the movie, Tom went to architecture school, but ended up being a greeting card writer. He was constantly debating his career path. And I know that you, we've had conversations recently where you've kind of figured out what you want to do with your career. So what is it? Why did you choose it, and why do you think it changed throughout your couple of years of college? Dude, I, I, I ask myself this every day. Yeah. I feel like I, I change my mind all the time mm-hmm. because I weigh all these different things. Like, yeah. I think the reason I came to UT was to tap into like venture capital mm-hmm. and the startups because Austin's you know this really yeah, great city. Big all these, hub. these big startups um, that are kind of popping up, all the large tech companies from the Bay, you know, moving here. Mm-hmm. McCombs is like one of the best founder-friendly schools and also like really great education. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I'd come here, do all that. And I did my freshman year. I joined like really cool uh, clubs like Longhorn Entrepreneurship Agency and mm-hmm. Texas Enactees and different things like that. 
and I got to explore that. But then, you know, I, I think I got trapped in that McCombs mentality of like, make as much money as possible. Yeah. You know, like the rat race of investment banking and consulting and all that. And for a while, like probably the summer before sophomore year, I was like, okay, I'm going all in on investment banking. I'm going to mm-hmm. go this route, the the money route. Like I'm not really passionate about it, but I'm going to do it because everybody else is doing it. Yeah. And like, it's a lot of money. Like you got to take a second and yeah. think about, you know, that that could be life altering too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I went through that whole sophomore year really debating about it and I went full in on that and I ended up realizing kind of towards the latter end of the recruiting process, like, I don't think this is for me. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, am I really going to be having a worthwhile life just working 100 hours a week yeah. for a lot of money, but I don't even have time to spend it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, it's kind of just not really helping the world either you're just helping other companies make more money off of like different deals Mm -hmm. like vc i think is is how you make a real impact in Mm -hmm. the world like you can help fund a really cool startup that's gonna you know i don't know change the world and it has a a philanthropic mission yeah Yeah. or or not even always has to be philanthropic but it like just changed the world for better yeah 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 like and i think that kind of brought me back to why I, I had came to UT in the first place. Just that realization, like life is not going to be as much fun if I don't do VC. And, mm-hmm. you know, in high school, I had co-founded a startup called The Helping Hug, which was kind of helping people with autism spectrum disorder combat sensory overload. Mm-hmm. And it was honestly like the most life-changing experience yeah. I've ever had, like meeting all these different people in VC you know, meeting these product engineers at Tesla and these big companies that helped us and, you know, meeting all these other high school founders that were also helping people with other issues. Like I know there was one for people with cerebral palsy to mm-hmm. help them play video games better with like a handmade uh, video game controller for them mm-hmm. and like a lot of really cool ideas. And, you know, I realized I have so much fun doing this and I also see a tangible impact. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you know the the concern for money shouldn't always be there. I think you got to follow your passions yeah. first, and money will always come on later. And I think that's true for VC because, like, you know, you can make a lot of money in VC like towards the latter end of your career, but I don't think that should be the focus um, at the forefront. And so, you know, I had that dilemma early on in mm-hmm. sophomore year and went through the process. But then, you know, I think this summer after being in investment banking as an intern, mm-hmm. I realized like. I don't think I'm going to be doing this long term. And I think VC or private equity, at least like early stage private equity is probably yeah. something I want to do. I think even like, like, I feel like most people like understand how kind of like, um, how it's like, what is money if you can't, if you don't have time to spend it? Yeah. But I also think it's like, you got to think of like your milestones within your job. And is it like getting this paycheck and then this paycheck and then this paycheck? Or is it like we started this startup or like, we funded this startup. Now this startup has helped this many people. Now yeah. it's reached this many people. Now it's done this impact on the world. Like the milestones when it comes to potential startup companies are so much better than the ones of big banks mm-hmm. like Wall Street. Like what what are you like actually proud of? Exactly. I think pride is it all, I think 
most of your work career should come down to pride. What are you proud of? Yeah, doing? and I, I think in investment banking, it would be like, are you really proud of this multi-billion-dollar deal that helped this other company buy this other company? Yeah, and you made a lot of money off of it. Versus like, I just gave some life-changing capital to this startup mm -hmm. that you know could turn into something huge for the world mm -hmm. and like actually help people. And true, even if it isn't like philanthropic, it's still a startup. It's exactly. still like someone's dream. Mm -hmm. And they're not the people that have the billions of dollars like the people on Wall Street do. So it's like, if even if you're giving them money, just them, like that means so much to them. Mm -hmm. Like that's an impact in itself. It's like helping in some sort of the world, like the underdog. And I feel like I, I actually saw the impact reflecting how people acted in the workplace. Like mm. in when I was an IB intern this past summer, I felt like everybody was so tired and like not as friendly and didn't really enjoy the work mm -hmm. versus every time I've been around people in VC, they're always smiling, like happy, like really personable. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes sense because the work you're doing is actually interesting and fun and like helping change the world versus like IB, you're just really facilitating yeah. these transactions happen again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And even like, like we were at dinner the other night and it was like, it was me, five business majors and two engineering majors. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what we we're talking about was like what we're doing in the summer, what our plans are with like internships, offers, whatever. Yeah. And like, I used to get boggled down on the fact that like, like I, one of my old roommates obviously was a very like successful business major who has tons of internships, has tons of money, everything. I used to get boggled down on the fact that like, no matter what stuff I get in my field, it's going to be pennies to the dollar of what he gets. And that used to annoy me so much. And like, I, I was just like, I was caught up on the money of it. But then I like had two great internships this summer that didn't pay that well, 10 bucks an hour and 12 bucks an hour. But I like enjoyed it so much. And it was so fun. And everyone there was enjoying it. And I, I have to infer that like at some of these ones in New York, the Bay, the huge cities, Austin, whatever, like, there are some like big business internships where people aren't enjoying it at all. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I feel like going back to your, your old roommate, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't think it matters as much in internships about how much money you're making. I think the experience Definitely. counts the most. And honestly, like whether it's business or film, like, you can make a ton of money in film mm -hmm. if you make it big. Yeah. And it's all about if you're, I think, what holds true is all the famous people in film, obviously they're rich and successful, Yeah. but you see the passion in their films. You see mm -hmm. the joy that they have when they're making films. And I think whenever you make it big in whatever field, you're going to get money. So I, yeah. I feel like it's now realizing after my sophomore year, I feel like money should come second. Experience should come first. Yeah. And being in the right situation, I think matters more than X amount of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, like, I don't really care, but it does <laughs> suck. Sometimes I'm like, damn, like this, like I'm fucking broke. And like, I don't know. It's, it's unfair. Anyway, <laughs> anyways. Okay. So early in the film, this is probably like top two scenes, if not top one scene. Tom has a magical dance number after everything seems to be going his way. Mm hmm. When was your dance number? When was the last time you felt like everything was going your way and you couldn't help but smile walking down the street? It could be from years ago. It could be last week. It could be when you were seven. 
what comes to mind when you think of everything was just going your way? I think I have two different moments. One two. would be when I found out I got into UT. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing the letter yeah. and also being done with most of senior year and like realizing, holy shit, my life is lining up. I'm yeah. about to have like the greatest time ever mm-hmm. going to UT. Also like high school friends coming to and then meeting a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Like I think I, I remember opening up my offer. I was like, holy shit, I got yeah. in. And then like showing my parents and then like I ran down the hall of yeah. my house. I'm like, just holy happy, shit. Bro. I was yeah. just like. That's probably like the most like joyous feeling mm-hmm. I think I've had just cause like high school felt like an eternity. Yeah. And I feel like I didn't enjoy high school as much as I have college. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel college has been way more fun and way more rewarding experiences yeah. too. But that would probably be that one dance sequence where mm-hmm. I probably actually danced yeah. too. And then um, I want to say sophomore year in December um, when I I think I had just gotten an internship offer for a VC mm-hmm. firm here in Austin for mm-hmm. the spring and I was like I'm finally working for a venture capital firm I'm finally yeah. doing what I set out to do here mm-hmm. and at the same time I was also talking to somebody and it just felt so good to have that happen. (laughs) Everything's going good. And then Spider-Man came out and we were all watching it together. And then like break was coming up Mm -hmm. and just that winter break was probably like the perfect timing I had ever had. Like all these things had been working together and it finally came together. Mm -hmm. That was probably like if, if there was a dance sequence, it would probably be then. Yeah. That's funny. You said that you said like, end of fall sophomore year yeah because i feel like that was another one that was one of those times for me really and i was just talking to ron about this because i was like a year ago was like a really good time it was and it was like fall semester of sophomore year was my was the worst by far for me like i felt like like freshman year i was like okay it's online and like i get it classes aren't that great whatever but then i went to sophomore year i thought it was gonna be this big jump and no i was still like in lower division stuff I like wasn't getting any internships. I wasn't like, I wasn't getting on sets. I felt like I wasn't doing enough. And I felt like COVID was still holding me back. And I hated, hated that part of it. I just wasn't very happy. Mm -hmm. And then like towards the end of the semester, something kind of just changed. And I I went out and I met more people and I was like going out on like different dates and I was like meeting all these people. And then like the weather was getting better. Like I could dress better. And like we were playing IMs, which oh, was yeah. so fun. Oh, that IMs too. Yes, that was like yeah. the first time we had all played together. Exactly. That was the and first season of IMs. It was so much fun. Like me, so you, Hiroki, Ron, yeah. Abby, Cam. Cam. Everybody, bro. That team was uh, Govin. Govin. Govin, Govin, Govin was on the killer, first team. Man. No, that was probably, yeah, I, I want to say that time. That was a good time. That then, was fun. And then that was like, we I had like a good Thanksgiving break and we came back. Um, I had my two-year anniversary for my shop, made merch, and then went home for winter break. We went to the casino. Wait, it was two years for Dorm Room Dime last year? No, uh, it was my one year. One year. One, one year. One, one year. But no, that was like a good time. And I feel like that, like, I don't know, I think it carried over, for me at least. Because, like, I think this this past semester was my favorite, and then it was spring of sophomore year. Unfortunately, mine was Not short. The same. Mine was short lived. It probably <laughs> lasted from like November. It was just a dance down the street. No, no. dance down the street it wasn't no, it that long. It was probably like November to January. Yeah, and then reality set in. Mm-hmm. 
Let's go start it up again. Yeah. I th- I'm trying to think of what another one could be for me, which is like everything like everything seemed like it was going my way. Um. I think the snow week was probably a, a time dude. where I don't know if everything was going our way. It was kind of going the opposite of our way. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of, but it was just us. so much. But fun, it was just though. so fun. Yeah. And then it was also like no thoughts. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to think about school. Like they just canceled classes for the week. You didn't have to worry about anything. Everything got pushed back. Every yeah. quiz, and it was unexpected. Like if it's Thanksgiving break, like you have to plan accordingly. Like okay, I need to study before this. Or, like, during Thanksgiving break, so I can do this after. Snow week just didn't open my laptop. Honestly, I might take that back now because I remember what happened to me snow week. You got with... fucked after? No. Uh, I think you know this story. Uh, like, I, I had liked somebody at the time. Oh, and then got, I do remember got that. Got that, yeah. yeah. That, Maybe that wasn't your dancing moment. That, uh, you know mm-hmm. what? Yeah. I would say <laughs> December. Yeah, uh, like a year ago from now. A year ago from now was yeah. probably a dance number. That was a good time, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This was interesting. This was one of the lines of the movie that really stuck out to me. And so later in the film, Tom is, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, skip it. Um, he's like about to quit. And he gets all mad. And he says that greeting cards, movies, and pop songs are responsible for our society. It says greeting cards, movies, and pop songs are are responsible for how we act. Do you agree with this? Do you think that there are specific moments or pieces of pop culture that have shaped who you are? Certain movies, music that's changed your way of thinking, different like pieces of like TV, whatever. Yeah, I I think so because I I think also just in general like a lot of we what we just talk about for fun or just in passing is about pop culture. So mm-hmm. I feel like it integrates itself into a lot of our lives and it reflects like how we act too. But I think personally for me, like in terms of, I guess, music or TV that I think has reflected in how I am would be probably how I met your mother. Yeah. That TV show. I feel like I see myself in Ted, Mm -hmm. the, the, the main character in that a lot in like how like being a hopeless romantic is and like, I think this day and age is totally different in now how we act and like it's all just like short term validation and like not meaningful connection with people anymore. Like I don't yeah. I don't feel like that exists as much. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think we only have or I guess as college goes on or just as, as life goes on, our circle just gets smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like, you know, in the past, like before social media i feel like everybody was always as tight-knit with each other and you know it was about creating meaningful moments but i don't feel like i see that as much now and i kind of wish our college experience was kind of in that early 2000s period Mm -hmm. where we would have those and and we would look back on all those times like differently versus how we we do now i mean yeah even like the little mundane shit of like we hang out and then we sit on our phones and then talk and look back at our phones. Like not very long ago, it was just talking. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you did. Like there was no handicap of having your phone in your pocket where if it got silent for more than three seconds, you pull it out and go on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like it was just different. Yeah. And I, I think like now when you watch TV or movies, it shows that too. Like 
we're always on our phones. Mm-hmm. We're always looking at what other people are doing. Yeah. We're not really looking at what we're doing just like here mm-hmm. in, in the, in the moment. We're not focusing on what we're doing in the, we're focused too much on like way outside the scope of our own lives. Yeah. And cause we have know, access to that. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wish we would go back to, to that time. And I, that's why I kind of like this film because it's what, 2009, yeah, 2009. right before the age of like the iPhone, the iPhone and, yeah. and all that stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's true. And like, I think he has like a flip phone in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's calling her on yeah. that. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously I think pop culture is so, or is like has so much responsibility within our society. But I think there are like specific things that come to mind for me. And it's like the way that like the mix of like nostalgia and music, I think is crazy of like, I'll hear a song come on. And, like, I will be, like, in my mom's car as a fourth grader going to my elementary school. Like, mm-hmm. it will bring me back right to that moment. Just, like, the power of that music Yeah, holds. no, I, I do think that's true. Like, there's a lot of songs where I think bring you back to a certain memory or exactly. time. Like, or person. I think for me, I guess one example is, like, I always listen to Last Christmas during Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And I can remember certain times when I was with my family. Yeah. And we were listening to that music mm-hmm. and, like, thinking about this trip or like this time where I was with my cousins or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I think there are certain songs that can do that. And I, I guess another one would be like Mac Miller's swimming album. Like yeah. I remember when that came out for me, that was junior year or maybe, um, early on in high school. And I remember the specific time of that because it just, those songs hit really hard. Yeah. And at the same time, like you could just, Put it together with different times in your life mm-hmm. where those moments occurred yeah i remember i was on some family family vacation and we went to like a wendy's or something and my sister got a, a toy in her meal and it was a little cd and we just played that cd the entire trip because we had a rental car and it's like anytime i'll hear any of those songs it's like i'm back in that car mm-hmm. like it has that crazy power but also like there are specific piece, pieces of pop culture that have changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. Like I watched pitch perfect, um, in 2012 and I a hundred percent believe that that changed my life forever really? because I was, I watched that movie and I was just in love with Anna Kendrick, <laughs> like the dark eyeshadow. She made music. She was the cool girl, but she could also sing and was an acapella group. She was like anything. My, what was I 10 year old self could have ever wanted. <laughs> and so I watched that on a plane. And whenever I got home, I, I looked up like Anna Kendrick movies and I watched like every single one of them just because she was in it. But then that introduced me to like so many different genres of movies that I would like normally never see because I'm 10. Yeah. Like I started watching like a lot more mature stuff or like indie films too. And like different just stuff that my parents wouldn't rent because you're young. Like that's what you're exposed to. And I think that specific thing is what got me into film. I honestly, I think a similar movie for me would be La La Land. Mm. Honestly, before seeing it, I would never watch that type of movie, like hmm. musicals or yeah. like, honestly, rom-coms. Or I think I used to be like only into like action, like action and like comedy stuff yeah. and like stupid, stupid movies like that. But then once I saw that movie, I feel like it changed my perception on just like really good storytelling or how, you know, different stories actually relate to yourself. Yeah. And I started to watch like 
way more in-depth or like character building kind of movies like you know goodwill hunting or yeah. shawshank redemption or other ones like that and you know seeing that movie it's still like i think holds a place for me like i, I listen to the soundtrack sometimes just yeah. to study mm-hmm. and it'll remind me of like when i watched it and like how i feel about it mm-hmm. i mean i really hope someone picks goodwill hunting oh yeah that's a that's fucking a great good one. one it's crazy to think that like in that movie, he's like our age, I think. Or he's supposed to be like our age. Yeah, he's I think he's a college student or something. Or like he's not in college, but he is but like he is college that age. age. Yeah. That's nuts. That would be a good one. That'd be so good. You know that he wrote that when he was in college? I I do know that Matt Damon wrote it. I just don't know when he I thought he was just an actor for a long time in the nineties. Did he go to college? I might be tripping. I thought he went to Harvard. <laughs> no am i am i wrong i don't know i i i just know that that he had never made it really big as an actor and then he made that script mm-hmm. and like somebody saw it and then he was able to make it and then that like put him on the map i heard that he wrote goodwill hunting for a playwriting class at harvard and then he dropped out of school and then tried to sell it around yeah he tried to sell it oh. around and it wouldn't sell. And then eventually he found one producer, but they said, like, you need a name attached to this. So they got Robin Williams on the project. And then, unfortunately, the Weinstein company picked it up. But they picked it up, and it was huge. And, like, before that, he had acted in, like, a couple things, but he wasn't, like, a big name. But he, like, made that when he was, like, a, our age. That's crazy. But I've also heard stories that he didn't really write. That it was, was like, it some... Ben Affleck? Well, no, they wrote it together. They wrote it together. But I heard that it was, like either like someone else in their class and like they kind of stole their idea or like some other shit or like they did have somewhat of credibility to their name because they were like actors. And so it was almost like they hired a writing team to like fix up their first draft. That's sick though. If he actually wrote that in college at Harvard, at Harvard about like another MIT kid. Yeah. But then like this whole coming of age, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Someone better fucking pick that movie. I want to talk about it. Hey, you got to have your your own moment like that where you write about a film and it's like coming of age in college. Yeah, fuck. I wish I could drop out of school and make <laughs> a fucking feature movie with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Who would be your like big name to attach? If Like the same way they had to get Robin Williams. If you could pick one actor that would... The only way the movie's getting made is if you get them on. Who is that actor for you? It's a hard question. Um, it depends on the role, but like in general, I would want. I think Anna Kendrick as like a quirky mom, like a nice mom, because she's getting up not up there. In was age. she in Bad Moms or something? She was not. Okay. But I think like her, the next thing in her career, I've thought this for a long time. I think she's very similar to Tina Fey. She's like a small brunette, super funny woman, and they kind of they play similar roles. And now Tina Fey has kind of stepped into like the funny mom role. Mm-hmm. And I think Anna Kendrick can go into that role, but do it with like a little more care and like be like a sweet mom that like has those heartfelt moments with like her son or daughter, or whatever. If I could do something with like that's like a mother son story, and she could be the mother, I think it'd be so good. Yeah, I really liked her in Fifty Fifty. Oh like, my god! I feel like that would be kind of. I don't know if that's a similar role, but like a similar effect. Cause she's a therapist. In yeah. Life. She's like very comforting, nurturing. Yeah. I think she could do that pretty well then. And like as a mom. Yeah. I think she'd be so good. But 
Dude, 50 is great. Another Joseph Gordon. Yeah. Dude, he's honestly, I think he's becoming my favorite actor. I think he's, really? He's, he can do action, he can do drama, comedy, he can do everything. Inception, he was, Dark Knight Rises. And um, 10 Things I Hate About You. 10 Things I. He yeah. can do everything. I really think that he, like, he's so soft. Like, he's so sweet. Like, really? in 10 Things I Hate About You and in, like, 50 First Dates, like, his, like, his little expressions He's in 50 are, First Dates? Or 500 Days of Summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, his little, like, expressions are so, like, soft and cute. Yeah. He's such, like, a soft boy. And he's, I like he, him. Is he also in Freaks and Geeks? <sighs> I, I don't remember. I don't know. But, yeah, no, I feel like he can he can act in anything. He's so, like, likable, like, relatable. He is very likable. And relatable, I feel like. Yeah. He's not, like, what you'd picture as a typical movie star. Because I think he's more of, like, a boy next door look. Yeah. He's not, like, conventionally the most handsome man in the world. He's not, he's like, not, Henry Cavill or anything. Exactly. Yeah. He's not Henry Cavill. He's not even, like, even, like, a Matt Damon is really good looking. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's not, he's not Henry Cavill. He's not Army Hammer. But he's, like, boy next door. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Which I like better. Yeah, that, I think that's what makes him more likable and relatable. Mm-hmm. Is that, look, he's not like overimposing as like the the good looking guy. Yeah, I think one of my dreams as like probably one of my top dreams ever would be to make a movie. I might have told you this before. Is to make a like a coming of age movie or some movie about like high school college, and for my main actor to have a no name actor. He's never been in, like this is his feature debut. And he's just like the most charming person in the world, and he becomes like the next Zac Efron or the next. You want to put somebody on the map, but for I specifically wanted to be a charming leading man. What's an example of that? Like a Zac Efron, like High School Musical, Charlie St. Cloud, Seventeen again. Okay, okay. Like Before that. he was like buff. Yeah, because he was a lot cuter. Now, when I then. think of Zac Efron, I just think of like a Baywatch. buff dude and like a Baywatch or yeah. like I don't know what else he's been in recently, but. He was in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Anna Kendrick's in that. That's the only reason I watched it. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. But even like Logan Lerman. Neighbors. Yeah. Er, he was in, yeah, he was in Neighbors. He's like a buff dude in that too. Yeah. Like even like Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. Lerman I think like that's he's, a great example. He, like he's, he's so cute, but I think he's so charming and he's a great actor. Yeah. And he was, he had Percy, Percy Jackson, Percy, Percy Wallflower. Wallflower. Oh, oh, what's, I know this movie. It's like. He's the son of a writer, really famous writer, and it shows him as like a high school kid. I forgot the name of the movie. Um, it's also got Lily Collins in it. I love her too. I forgot what it's called, but it's a similar role mm-hmm. to that too. But he's like the charming kind of leading man. Yeah. Like ah, oh, I really like, and even like even like a young Matt Damon, like young Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting specifically is so charming. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe it's the Boston accent, but I don't know. He he does it for me in that one. Like he, like I admire him. Like I want to be. I want to have that much riz. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think he's like he's got riz like that, bro? In Goodwill Hunting, yeah. Oh, it's right. It's like the uh, you like the apples. Exactly. How about them apples, bro? Yeah, that's, that's he's true. nice with it. That's true. Okay, okay. Later in the film, Tom's younger sister tells Tom about nostalgia. And how we how we over glamorize our past memories, and so he looks back and he realizes some of this stuff was bad, and like he rethinks everything. When you look back at your childhood, growing up, the whole thing, do you think that you glamorize it, see it realistically, or see it worse than it actually was? 
I think I see it realistically. Realistically? Because I feel like I've had a good amount of ups and downs to know like mm -hmm. when things were better or when things were worse. Like I, I don't think I over glamorize anything. Mm -hmm. And I think having that like different life in both Boston and Texas, yeah. I think maybe more grounded. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I don't think I've ever like over glamorized parts of my life. Mm -hmm. But I think I've seen everything for what it is. Mm -hmm. I, have you found that to be the case? Like, do you glamorize things? Definitely, like people for sure. People. Um, I. You know what? I think I glamorize people. Yeah. I don't think I glamorize my own life like that. Sure. I think I see it in other people, but I don't think I see it in myself. But even like when I look back at my childhood, I think for the most part I did see it very realistically. I do see it very realistically. But there are some parts like, like my parents would always tell me I had anger issues as a kid. And uh, I, would, I, would I had like, the same thing. I would like not believe them. But then I feel like if I look really hard, I'd be like, maybe I did. Maybe I was a sh little shithead. I don't know. <laughs> and then also like me and like, I love my sister. Like she's like one of like my best friends. I love talking to her, everything. And we have a great relationship now. But we had a terrible relationship growing up. Like we were fighting all the time. I was making her cry like twice, three times a week, if not more. And like, I feel like now that we are so close, I'll just glamorize it. I'll be like, oh no, like me and my sister are great. Like, no, dude. It wasn't until, like, recently. When she got into high school, so maybe, like, five, ah, fuck, I don't know, four, five, six years ago when we, like, became closer. But, like, before that, like, it was not good. I think the same actually could could be said for me and my brother. I feel really? like, because we're only three years apart. Mm -hmm. so yeah, we we, used to, we're only two. Yeah, we used to fight all the time. Mm -hmm. And also he had this, like, one really annoying move when we would fight. Yeah. He'd, like start kicking me in like a, <laughs> yeah. like a windmill sort of thing mm -hmm. i hated that but i think we didn't really get as close as as i guess i think we are now mm -hmm. until probably the end of high school for me just because you know i think once actually even when i came to ut that's when we started to like not fight as much or just yeah. talk about random stuff mm -hmm. whenever and like now, you know, whenever I go back home, it's always just chill. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, I can't remember the last time we fought. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, I remember my sister would like, we'd be mad at each other, whatever. And I would pull this one move and it was, <laughs> it was so bad. I would always like, because I'm not going to hit her because she's my sister. But yeah. I always go, ooh. <laughs> I would flinch it. And then she would just immediately start crying. And then we'd both run downstairs to my mom because she would try to tell her that I hit her. And I'd be like, no, no, I didn't hit her. I didn't hit her. But it was like that happened. I feel like that happened so much where I'd like fake it, she starts crying, and then we're both funny. <laughs> Dude, I think the craziest thing that's happened when we were fighting was I think maybe I was like seven and he was like four. Mm -hmm. But we were fighting and like I almost dislocated his arm. Really? And, and I used like a because we were both in karate or taekwondo yeah. growing up. I used like like a roundhouse kick on him and like hit his shoulder. And like actually almost fucked it up. And then I think I like pulled on it really hard. Yeah. And like we were about to go to a trip to Florida and my mom was so pissed, pissed. at me. Because I mean, we were both pretty young at the time, but like still, mm -hmm. like that's probably the worst our fighting has got mm -hmm. to. And then his, I hate his signature move. Like I swear <laughs> to God, it's like the windmill, the windmill. It's like, he just like does that Is over kicking? and over again. And like, I can't get to him. <laughs> He's too good. He's too good. He's too good. Unbeatable. <laughs> Unguardable. Yeah. Do I remember like when we were growing up and we'd be, if we would fight in the car, like we'd be yelling at each other, my dad would, he would say the same shit every time. He was like, if you don't stop farting, I'll turn around right now. <laughs> and we would just stop. 
His ass was never going <laughs> to turn around, bro. Dude. No matter where we're going, he wasn't going to turn around. Once me and my brother could sit in the front seat of the car, mm-hmm. we would always race to get to the yeah. door. If, if it was just like me, my brother, and my dad or my mom or something, mm-hmm. we would race and we would like fight each other hard. <laughs> like I would push him off the car door yeah. and he would push me off and my dad would just look at us like, like, what the fuck are you guys yeah. doing? We got to go. And yeah. like literally, I think I remember one time we stood there for like five minutes like at the door yeah. like really trying to get in the door he's probably just better leave without you yeah dude that was one thing my siblings knew it was like seniority gets shotgun like that didn't ever work out for us because my parents were like all right how about we do it this way one person gets it on the way there oh, one person no, gets on the, the way worst. back and so we'd always fight for who gets it first but yeah <laughs> it was just i wish i had that seniority yeah there. it would have worked out for yeah you. it would have worked because like even now like if we're all home which never happens but like if we all go somewhere and it's just one of my parents, my brother's going to be in the front. Yeah. And then even now, if we go somewhere with me and my sister, I'm in the front. Yeah. And she doesn't try to argue. And I don't <laughs> try to argue with him. And we just, like, accept it. Yeah. Okay. I have one last question. And it's a, it's a heater. Okay. So this whole film is about love. Tom's, Tom's perception of it. Summer's perception of it. The greeting card's perception of it. In as little or as many words as possible... What do you think that word means to you? Which word? Love. Love. I think it means having like total comfort in another person, total mm-hmm. understanding, um, like your person. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I, I really don't know how to describe it, but it's just like, you know, when you know, yeah. and I think it's in the film too. It's like, yeah, you know, it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, you can never describe it. You never know when it hits you, but it just mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. Like, with Summer, you know, it happened randomly with a guy. Which at I'm, the deli. At the deli. And I think, for me, a lot of times, I think I try to find that too much in each person that I've gotten in, like, a talking stage or whatever in. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, it's just got to come to you. Yeah. And... You'll know when you know. Hmm. I feel you. Heard you. Heard you. No, no. <laughs> heard you. Heard I'm, you. Heard you. I'm never saying that again. <laughs> I do think it's a lot of comfort. I think that's really important to me. That's a big part of how I see it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think this movie does depict it well. I like the whole idea of it being the feeling. I love the conversation that they have at the first time they're at the bar where they say like, how do you know? He's like, it's just a feeling. And he's like, I guess we have to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that part. I like seeing like it flip back and forth. I just wish, maybe just because I'm used to conven- regular conventions of a movie, I just wish I could have pulled for them harder. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, because I don't ever feel, I, I didn't think I felt their relationship was ever as good as like Tom makes it out to be. Yeah. Like, it's not something where you're like sad that he didn't end up with her. Exactly. I don't think in my I don't think it was enough like of expectations versus reality. I think it was he talked about his expectations, but we saw it was all reality. Mm-hmm. And it's like I wish we could have seen more of like glimpses of them being in love. Mm-hmm. I think that would have but made I, it hit harder. I think the main thing though for the movie, and it kind of shows when he kind of gets over her, like when you focus on yourself or just other things, you're not even. I think. Love hits you when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. And I, you can't be going out and seeking it. I think it just has to come to you. 
And I think like one of my favorite quotes, I don't know who it's from, but it's like, if you spend your time chasing butterflies, you're never going to get them. But if you spend your time building a garden, your own garden, the butterflies will come. It's like, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> focus, you gotta one. focus on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if the butterflies don't come, you're left with a beautiful garden. Yeah. You're left with stuff that has real tangible results. Mm -hmm. Like whether that's your career, whether that's your health, whatever it is, yeah. I think the main thing that I've learned from the movie and I've just learned from past situations is like focus on building your garden, not, not, chasing, not butterflies. chasing butterflies. That's, that's a good one. That's the main thing I took from this movie. And I, I feel like in the past I would always like whenever you'd get over like a talking stage or whatever it is, mm -hmm. like you would focus too much on the idea of the person. But in reality, you should just focus on it wasn't right with them. And what is right is helping yourself with your own endeavors. So yeah. like going back to it, building your garden, you really mm -hmm. got to focus on yourself. Yeah. And then when the time comes, the butterflies will come. Mm -hmm. I don't even think that building your garden means like getting this and getting this and getting this. But it could also just mean thinking. Yeah. And like you're raising your garden is raising your understandings of this thing and of this thing and making you like a more holistic thinker or perceiver. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily like achievement based or like anything. It's just working on yourself. In whatever aspect. Holistically. That, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at the end when Tom finally realizes that and like puts his whole thing into his architecture career, yeah. when he least expects it, the hottest girl Autumn. Notice, Autumn Autumn. <laughs> notices him. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what I've realized as of late is like, you know, with the latest thing that I had to get over, mm -hmm. I realized she's she's not the one. She's not anything. It's just an idea of her. Yeah. And rather than focusing on the idea of that, focus on something that can result in, in actually helping yourself. Yeah. And so for me, I think as of right now, that's me getting more in tune with venture capital. Mm -hmm. um, I think being healthier, um, in better state of mind, just yeah. like general things. But I think that's what the focus should be on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's all good. Um, okay, I changed my mind. One more last question. All right. Because it's on the similar topics. So you are about to have your fucking birthday. You're about to be 21, and it's about to be the new year. Yeah. So what are your goals for the year of 2023 and your year of 21? I've thought about this a lot. I have Honestly, you? it's like I've kind of been dreading actually turning 21 because it's like a hmm. sign that I'm no longer a kid. Yeah. Like we're now adults. Yeah. It's, it's high time to like – Get our shit together. Mm -hmm. We can go to liquor stores without fake IDs. Exactly. Like we're we're right. actually. Do you adults. remember? Do you remember the first time we met? That the uh, first day yeah, of college. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time you used your ID, and I had never bought alcohol before. Oh, we went to the yeah. We went to this Target right we on Fifth Street. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was scared out of my mind. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like I, it was me, you, Justin. Yep. Me and Justin were. You're like, looking for rugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but we weren't even. Look, we were just like me and Justin were like looking around like this the whole just time. Just us. Yeah. And I didn't even because you seem so calm, so I was like, dude, this guy's probably bought alcohol tons of times. <laughs> but it turned out like that. It was my never, first time. That was your ever first time it. ever. Yeah. yeah. But now, like, we just went to the bar the other day. Like it's. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's nothing. They don't even care. Yeah. Because we look old. Mm -hmm. We are old. Yeah, we are. Literally. Dude, we've ch our appearance has changed so much. Oh, yeah. From freshman year? If I look back on a picture from us, like, 
from the very beginning. Our hairstyles oh are different. I our feel facial like hair is different. Our styles are different. Oh, yeah. Like everything. everything. Yeah. No, but going back to how I want this 2023 to be, mm-hmm. I think I want to get into the best shape of my life. I want mm-hmm. to, I think, find that dream job, at least location-wise. I, I, I feel like I want to be in the West Coast, so L.A., or San Francisco, one of those two. I want to find something out there, um, at least by the end of 2023. If not, you know, just keep looking. But that would be another goal of mine. Um, and then, you know, obviously, I don't. I don't think I'm looking for a relationship. I think when it comes, it'll come. So I'm not. I don't even think I'm gonna address that as like something I want. It's just like mm-hmm. if it comes, it comes. But the yeah. other two, those are the main things. I want to get in the best shape of my life, and then find something in the West Coast. Hmm. Those are good ones, and both definitely achievable. Oh, and you know what? One more thing. Mm-hmm. I I want this senior year to be the best year of college because we're never mm. going to get that time again. That's a good one. That's a good and one. so, you know, when I think about it, when we're all seniors, you know, at Tuesday night at Cables or, yeah. you know, the mundane, Yeah. I want that to be the best mundane experience yeah we've ever had yeah so that's what i'm looking forward to the most when we're all together just doing Mm -hmm. random shit yeah i want that to be the best random shit we've ever done i talked about my new year's resolution on a different episode but i wanted i want to add two to mine okay because that was good i want to 2023 is our last full year of college yeah where we're in there for two semesters so i want one of my residents to be to savor it like to savor my friends to like savor the idea of learning yeah like i'm a full-time student i'm learning every single day and i i I don't take advantage of that but i want to savor it yeah like i've been blessed with so many like great classes this past semester where i felt like i was learning something new and important every single day and i love that feeling so i want to savor that and the second one is i want to which i didn't say in the first or the last or the other episode was i want to continue working on being a good partner Mm -hmm. because like i've grown i feel like i've there's so much stuff you can do as a as a as a person as yourself, but I want to be able to keep growing with my partner together, mm-hmm. and that's another big thing for me that I want to keep doing in the next calendar year. No, that's honestly, I think that's all you can do is like yeah. just. I think being a better person just means being a better partner. Yeah. Just, you know, also savoring the moments. Yeah. Definitely. I think also makes you a better person. Mm-hmm. Just because we're never gonna get this time back. Yeah, dude. This semester was the fastest semester. So fast. So fast. I, I feel like yesterday was Halloween. And I two know. days two days before that it was like the start of classes. I know. And we're already done. We're about to you're about to go to Paris. I'm about to go to, to ski for my twenty yeah. first. Like it's it's going by like that. Literally and then I feel like this winter break is gonna go by super fast too. Oh yeah. Like we're gonna blink and we're gonna be back in school. And then we're gonna blink again in summer. And I think it's also because we're gonna start early and finish early. Yes. It's gonna feel way shorter. And yeah. Then, we have that month in May where we're not really doing anything, but people will be out mm-hmm. and then internships will start in June. Yeah. And then by the time we know it, senior year will start our last year here. Mm-hmm. I think that month of May might be fucking awesome. Yeah. Like if school is done and internships don't start till June, which they usually don't, that's like a real summer month. It is. Yeah. You, you can really... do whatever you want. Exactly. Like that's crazy. I actually, I've thought about this. I kind of want to go on a solo trip, just me. 
Dude, that'd be fun. And like backtrack, uh, backpack around Europe. That'd like be dope. Two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. I think I want to do that. And besides the flights, you could do it for pretty cheap. Yeah. My sister's done a bunch of solo trips and she loves it. Mm-hmm. And like, she'll like, she'll like stay at hostels, like do all that. Yeah, shit. that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do like, you know, your typical family vacation. You had a nice hotel or, or like, like an Airbnb or whatever. I think to have like that true first real 21st year moment. Yeah. Where like you're really now on your own and you're experiencing new things and you're like meeting a whole different type of like yeah. crowd. Culture. Culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I need that. I think that'd be dope. And oh. like two, three weeks, you would you would learn so much. Yeah. In two to three weeks, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. All right. Um, well, thank you to you, Parth. One of the the one of the guys I met on the first day of college. First day. That's crazy. Dude, honestly, it blows my mind that I feel like I've probably lost touch with a good amount of people that we met in the early part. Yeah. But it's crazy how we're yeah. st- we still me, see each other like every week. Yeah. More yeah, more than more that. More than that. Times. Like me, you, Sheev. Yeah, me, you, Sheev are yeah. actually the real first days. Yeah, first us three. days. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, as always, I'm your host, Andrew TCO. Hope everyone has a great holiday season, um, wherever in the world you're watching this or whenever in this world you're watching this. Hope you enjoyed um, and have a great rest of your day.